welcome to an all-new Great Moments in Weed History. I'm so excited to be rapping at you right now. This is going to be a pretty unique episode of the podcast. More on that in a bit, but I don't want to bury the lead because there's a big headline here in the Great Moments in Weed History podcast universe, the GMI WHPU, for those of you who are into the whole brevity thing. And that headline is as follows. I am moving on up to Potland, Oregon, not to be confused with Potland, Maine. Much love to our listeners there, but I will be on the left coast, Potland, uh, by the time you listen to the next episode of this program, which means less than two weeks till moving day. Uh, A lot of excitement here. Quite a bit of stress. Anybody who has ever moved from anywhere to anywhere else knows what I'm talking about. It is a world of boxes and sorting and putting things on Craigslist and working a day job and uh, everything else in the world at once. So I wanted to come up with an episode that would be fun, that would be breezy, that would uh, reach back out to the community of people who have been so kind in supporting this show. And that most of all uh, is not going to require the hours and hours and hours of Uh, thoughtful production and editing that I put into a typical episode because I got to be honest with you, I am freaking the fuck out about getting everything done for this move. And, uh, you know, let's just have a good time. So this is what I came up with. Uh, We did an episode about, I don't know, a year and a half ago. It was very popular. It was called Everything you ever wanted to know about weed, but were afraid to ask. For those of you who don't know, that's a reference to a pretty famous book from the 1970s called Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex, but were afraid to ask. You're going to have to ask somebody else about sex or, you know, slide into my DMs, I guess. But uh, I'm here for your weed questions, I feel qualified to answer them. I, I actually went on Reddit and on the excellent trees forum and on a subreddit of that subreddit called Ask Trees. I, I just pulled some questions that either I thought were pretty important or pretty funny or pretty weird or pretty out there or where I thought, hey, I think I can give this person some quality advice based on my experience. I'll just give you my credentials. I've been writing about cannabis for about 20 years. I started uh, working at High Times back when it was cool. I was the co-creator of the Vice show Bong Appetit. I wrote a book called How to Smoke Pot Properly. And uh, as you are listening, attests I am the host of this podcast, Great Moments in Weed History, going strong on five years, more than 120 episodes. Uh, Most of them are about real great moments in real weed history. Everything from episode one, Willie Nelson smoked a joint on the roof of the White House, to episodes about your favorite musicians and artists and actors, but also our culture heroes of cannabis, our growers, our smugglers, our activists. So I invite you to please dig into that archive. But for today, we are going to try to do what they call a little public service of 
pulling in these questions from Reddit and uh, much, much appreciation to the community there. Because when I read through the comments, I saw a lot of good advice. I did see a few. Uh, well, yeah, it, this may shock you to learn that not everybody who responds to a question on the Internet in an online forum has accurate information to convey. So do be careful. There's a few potholes out there. Yes, we do actually love our weed puns here. One other note, uh, as I am going through everything uh, in my home, I am selling some old Fun, cool, high times merch, most from the glory era of my glory era, uh, the 2000s to the 2010s. And I've got jars and posters and old magazines, hats, shirts, some cool stuff. If you're watching this right now uh, because you are a Patreon subscriber, I'm wearing a high times bong hitters uh, softball T-shirt that I wore as we played in Central Park in uh in the media publishing softball league in New York City. And uh, I've got bong hitters hats and lots of cool stuff. If you are at all interested in that, I am wheeling and going back to my youth. I am dealing. So uh, <laughs> make me an offer. Get in touch. Info at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. I will send you a link to what is available with pictures. And, uh, you know, I am motivated to make a good deal as I do not want to move this stuff around with me anymore. Now, before we get into these questions from the Reddit Trees community, a couple of quick announcements. One, as always, I have to say a deep and very, very heartfelt thank you to the community that supports this podcast on Patreon, you can go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com for more information on that. This is absolutely what is keeping this podcast going. I am completely independent. I am making this show by myself. Uh, this episode is a little what the kids call loosey-goosey, but uh, every other episode involves quite a bit of research, finding guests, telling those stories, editing them, putting it up, social media posts, all the what ifs and what have yous of making a podcast all in-house, all one person. Uh, right now, um, you know, the big, big advertising checks are pretty few and far between. And so I'm relying on this community to throw in on this shit, man, whether that's a dollar a month, whether you want to put five on it or whether you want to get a cool perk like a signed copy of my book mailed right to you. Or like I said, hit me up, info at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. Lots of merch ready to go. Um, but for those of you who do and have been supporting the show, I actually forgot to thank you in the last episode. So I'm going to do it twice. The thanks, so nice. I'll do it twice. Thank you. Thank you for supporting authentic cannabis media and for helping me not just tell these stories, but share them with people all over the world. One final note, please don't sleep on this. On April the 8th, a solar eclipse is going to happen throughout kind of the middle of the United States. You've got to be in the path of totality I could just say I experienced this in 2017. It was one of the most mind-expanding, mind-blowing, uh, visual, 
spiritual, overall cosmic experiences of my life. If you love weed, if you've maybe dabbled in some psychedelics, um, this is some next level shit. You don't have to break the law. You don't have to take anything into your body except the incredible phenomenon that happens when the moon blocks out the sun completely. Um, enough said on that. Just uh, me sharing with you one of the coolest experiences I think you can have as a human on planet Earth. Check it out and see if you can get yourself there on April the 8th into the path of totality. All right, moving on. <laughs> this is more fun than packing boxes, let me tell you. But uh, we're going to get into these questions and answers after the theme song. I've personally just uh, rolled up this nice little joint of weed that I found between the couch cushions. Uh, no. You know, as you might imagine, there's a lot of little jars of weed that collect at the old uh, Casa de Bean. And so this is just basically some bonus weed that I found somewhere, and I am here for it. But I'm hearing that you, yes, you, yeah, can you believe it? I'm talking to you right now because you are talking to me, and you are telling me that you, that's not at all confusing, are not quite as lit as you would like to be to enter an episode called Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Weed But Were Afraid to Ask Part 2, The Reaskinating. Um, and that's cool, man, and an easily remedied situation because all you have to do, as ever, is hit pause. And you can use that time at your leisure to roll yourself a joint or to split a blunt or to pack a bong or to endabulate a dab or to eat some edibles or to rub those topicals all over you or whatever it takes to get you where you want to be personally i'm gonna light this shit up right now pre theme song because this is going to be a loosey-goosey Wheat smoking episode of the show. The one thing I can guarantee you is that when you hit unpause, because you are ready, we'll all be ready for another great moment in weed history. everybody it's bean i am puffing away i'm at jay you just heard me light up before the theme song i'm feeling a little more relaxed i'm feeling a little more lit i'm feeling like i can just sort of ignore the impending doom of this deadline to move out uh and focus on something that i really really love which is trying to uh spread some knowledge and some wisdom uh, to the extent that I have it with the cannabis community. I hope that uh, my answers to these questions will be illuminating to the people who ask them and to everyone listening. I tried to come up with a mix of some fun stuff, some serious stuff, some uh, kind of strange stuff. And I'm going to start with a very utilitarian question. Again, all of these come 
from the trees subreddit on Reddit. Question one. Hold on. Nah. Not stoned enough. Okay. Question one. Should I eat edibles first and then eat a fatty snack or vice versa? I've been trying edibles after eating a fatty meal and I noticed it'll kick in really slowly. Would edibles first before the fatty meal make it kick in faster? Uh, I feel like this is one of the questions where you almost know the answer and the answer is yes for a very simple reason. You know, your uh, stomach is uh, digesting the edibles, your stomach is digesting the food. If the food goes in first, your stomach's going to have to digest all of that food at the same time it is digesting the edibles. That's going to slow that process down. So instead of maybe a quicker onset and a shorter, more intense experience, you could have a slower onset and a longer, slightly less uh, intense experience. Maybe that's what you're going for. But if uh, you, like the asker of this question, want to have those edibles come, uh, come correct, hit quickly, and uh, maybe even kick off the munchies before the quote fatty snack that you're about to have which i i assume is like slang fatty and not food fatty but you know they're closely related anyway um the caution there is edibles on an empty stomach will hit harder uh and one bit of advice if if you do feel yourself a little overdosing on the edibles try to Throw some food in there and see if you can slow that process down. Uh, hope you have good luck with that, uh, anonymous redditor. Uh, please keep us posted. Question two, and now we're into like some real stoner shit. And I gotta say, um, going through the Reddit trees, I've been on. You know, I've been a lurker for many, many years on there. I've done a couple of AMAs and stuff like that. I enjoy the community, but really scrolling deep into it, uh, looking for these questions, you know, that I that I, that I thought would be good for the show. It just gave me a great sort of vibe of like, you know, there's a lot of sort of newbies on there, people who are just discovering all of the pleasures and medicinal properties of cannabis amazing uh insights into people who are uh you know dealing with weedy things that i dealt with when i was newer to cannabis uh quite a long time ago but with the added uh change that you know in many places it's legal now so it's sort of if you've never been on uh reddit trees i definitely really recommend it and it just gave me a good feeling and this question really reminded me of being sort of new to weed in that incredible discovery phase and having these questions that seem sort of silly but um you know at least this person was brave enough to put it on an anonymous online forum the question goes as follows why does the outside feel more quote outside when i'm high it feels amazing i can smell the air and when i walk around i feel like a kid exploring the outdoors for the first time and it is absolutely beautiful can someone tell me why this is thank you heart emoji uh 
This is a person I would love to smoke weed with, assuming they are over 18. <laughs> or, you know, of legal age to not get me in trouble because they are getting high. Uh, more seriously, like that feeling of a return to a sort of childhood innocence um, is maybe one of the more beautiful parts about cannabis. It just takes you outside of sort of the mundane and it takes you outside of you know ignoring all these beautiful parts of life that we are socialized whether it's through school or through work or through uh religion or any kind of institution to ignore our bliss our joy our wonderment at uh the beauty of nature in this specific example and so many other things. And there's also a sort of physiological uh, explanation for this feeling. Um, one of the things that cannabis does is, um, okay, if you are, uh, you know, inundated constantly with all different kinds of sensory information, um, and if you were constantly processing every smell, every sound, every uh, touch, every you know time the wind was imperceptibly uh, brushing up against you, the world would feel chaotic and it would be almost impossible to function as a human being. You would just simply be constantly uh reacting to stimuli something that people often uh say they do experience with cannabis you know many of the sort of stereotypes of like why are you staring at your hand or uh what makes a 36 minute grateful dead jam so uh enveloping uh where in another mind state you might say and forgive me saint jerry get on with it anyway <laughs> So being in this state opens us back up to experiencing things as they actually are. You know, when you are out in the woods taking a walk and you light up a J, the woods don't change, you do. Um, but really your perception of them do, your ability to um, take in the world in a new way and with fresh eyes. Um, and, and I think this is also sort of related to cannabis. Uh, as a creative tool, because if you are, say, working on the same piece of music and, and playing it over and over again and trying to add some new element to it, inevitably, you are going to start to deaden in, in some way to the newness, to the vitality of what you're working on. But step away, take a few puffs, come back, and you might hear that in a new way and have some new insight into it. So I want to say thank you so much to the person who put this up because it really reminded me that, you know, as somebody who uh, uh, don't want to shock anybody, um, yeah, smokes a pretty fair amount of weed. <laughs> it's important to remember, you know, those earlier experiences and why we love weed so much and what we really want to get out of our relationship with this plant and this question really reminded me of that and i gotta say i wish i could take a nice walk in the woods right now instead of going through boxes of old stuff that i cannot believe i've been lugging 
uh, from place to place for so long. Uh, so thank you for that one. Okay, here's another more utilitarian question. The headline is edibles to pill dosage question mark. I have been doing well on 25 milligrams of live rosin gummies and saw these THC pills at 25 milligrams for like 40 bucks. So I bought them. I took a 25 milligram pill and just got mildly high. Is the conversion between gummies and capsules not one to one? All right. This is a very interesting question. And, and, and I think something that um, can really, uh, this is news you can use when shopping for cannabis. Um, so 25 milligrams of THC is 25 milligrams of THC is 25 milligrams of THC, as Gertrude Stein might say. Uh, go back and check out our episode about Gertrude Stein if you don't know what I'm referring to. But here's the thing. While THC is a specific compound, uh, first of all, it can be uh, the product of the cannabis plant. It can also be synthesized. So there is a prescription pill called Marinol that uh, could be given to people uh, for going through chemotherapy, for example. That is synthetic THC. Um, and people say they have a very different experience of that than whole plant cannabis. Well, there's sort of something in between, uh, which is distillate, um, which is a distillation of the cannabis plant. And um, pretty much almost every commercially available edible now is made with distillate. So instead of sort of the extraction method, the old school extraction method into a fat like butter or coconut oil, you know, the edibles you would have found 30 years ago on a Grateful Dead parking lot. Um, they're pulling in every part of the plant into that butter, including, you know, a lot of chlorophyll, which is, you know, why uh, some of those Grateful Dead parking lot brownies definitely tasted like, uh, you know, lawn clippings. Uh, no, no, no offense, uh, uh, Cosmic Charlie, uh, you know, they did the job. but. Uh, then in the legalization era, uh, in the early era, a lot of people were just using that same method, but some eggheads figured out that, uh, you know, doing this distillation method, you could, uh, get it to sort of a powder. You could, you know, be very easy to regulate the dose. It is less expensive, less cumbersome, all of these advantages. But the one problem, and I, I you know, if I can't be honest with you, who can? Nobody's <laughs> nobody's paying me to advertise distillate made edibles or anything else. Um, hmm. the, uh, the distillate shit just doesn't hit the same. Um, and there's a lot of scientific reasons why, you know, what uh makes the cannabis plant uh interact with our human minds and bodies and brains is more than just THC and more than just THC and CBD it's also terpenes and flavonoids and there's this complex chemical uh entourage in essence uh that will come through when you're making can of butter doesn't come through in distillate, but here in this question, when you, when when they say live rosin gummies, 
Okay, that's a method of extraction that is going to have a much, much wider range of what's in the plant than these distillates. And I got to say, from my experience being a judge in the edibles category at the Emerald Cup, which is the most prestigious uh, contest for cannabis in California, we tested, I've done it on several different years. Uh, so overall, tested hundreds and hundreds of different edibles. Um, you can go back to an episode of this podcast called We Judged a Prestigious Weed Contest uh, if you want to hear what that whole process was like. Uh, but for the purposes of this question, what's important to know is you absolutely, in my opinion, and with science to back it up, and in the opinion of uh, everyone on that edibles panel, which was composed of, you know, not just connoisseurs, but, you know, people who buy for dispensaries, edibles makers uh, themselves who hadn't entered, you know, uh, food experts, um, culinary experts, uh, all agreed. So, you know, if you are lucky enough to live in a place uh, with legal cannabis and you are uh, lucky enough to be able to go to a dispensary and you are buying edibles, look for and ask for edibles made with live rosin and you will have a, a very uh, much better experience with those. If, if the dispensary that you're at uh, does not carry them, look around at other dispensaries and also make sure you ask them because that's going to tell them that there's a demand for this uh, much better product. Okay, these next two questions are kind of of a piece. Uh, so I put them back to back. And it reminds me of another part about being a newer uh, cannabis user and even a younger one in my case, for sure, is this lingering stigma. So here, here's the first of these questions. How to moderate intake, getting desperate. I have been smoking for almost four years now. When I started, a cart would last me almost six months, but now I'm going through them like nobody's business. One lasts me two or three weeks. The past couple of months, I've been trying really hard to moderate my intake, but I find myself making excuses for smoking after work or while cleaning, even though I wanted to wait. I guess it comes down to self-discipline, and I don't know how you guys can help with that, but I figured I might as well ask. All right, I, I'm going to take this one with the seriousness with which it was asked. Um, you know, I'll probably throw in a dumb weed pun at some point. Cannabis is relatively safe. You know, when you're making comparisons to alcohol, tobacco, many pharmaceutical drugs, it is quite clearly um, very, very safe. Even when the National Institute of Health looked at things like dependency, it, they rated cannabis lower for dependency than coffee, caffeine. Um, but that does not mean that people do not struggle with their use of cannabis. Any use that is not a net benefit to you, whether as a medicine, whether for fun, to relax, whatever your reason is, um, that's serious and that's real. And, you know, we've a lot of us have responded to this stigma by being like, fuck you. Everyone, smoke all the fucking weed I want. 
And that's cool, man, but it can also put up a little bit of a smoke screen. There's that weed pond. That prevents you from taking a hard look sometimes. You know, why am I waking baking? Uh, why can't I say it right? Why am I waking and baking uh, so much more frequently than I used to? How come um, cannabis is taking the edge off but not really making me feel happy or relaxed? Um how come when I'm smoking, I'm feeling anxious all of a sudden? Um, we need to be open to this conversation with ourselves all of the time because uh, to deny that cannabis has any potential harms or uh, side effects or aspects that you might not find enjoyable is is to deny the truth. And then that uh, is uh, not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about being honest about cannabis and so um that's all to say and and some people really truly struggle with cannabis dependency and they should do what they need to to get help it's also important to note that if you are going to struggle with your dependency on something um cannabis is a much much better thing uh to have those struggles with than anything from uh alcohol to anger to i would say you know, getting lost online for uh, 15 hours a day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that all said, <laughs> um, you know, what I read in this question is, you know, so when you started smoking a single cart, anybody who doesn't know, that's the part of a vape pen uh, that has the little oil in it, uh, would last this person six months. So they were very, very occasionally uh, puffing on this pen and they were kind of creating this relationship to cannabis and each time uh felt very very special probably and had new and fresh insights and they would try pairing it with different things oh what about before i eat oh that's fucking amazing what about uh before uh a little boudoir time oh that's pretty nice too um, gosh, that was a very stressful phone call puff. Ooh, that really relieved my stress. Um, and now they're, uh, this person reports, you know, one of these carts, uh, still lasting two to three weeks. So yeah, that's more consistent use, but, um, you know, uh, it's not the last scene from Scarface or anything. <laughs> and so what I would say to this person maybe is, I think that you have just discovered that you really love weed and that using weed doesn't fuck up your life, but you've still got some of this stigma inside you telling you that that's a bad thing and that uh, it was okay to sort of, uh, you know, every once in a while dabble in some weed, but that it's wrong or harmful necessarily to you have cannabis in your life on a regular basis. And, um, you know, perhaps if you, if you ask yourself that question, you will decide, yeah, this is not helping me, but I don't hear anything in this question. Uh, that's an example of, Oh, you know, because I am, uh, going through one vape cart every, uh, uh, two to three weeks, I'm, you know, uh, having trouble in my relationships or I'm fucking up at work or, you know, none of that is in this question. So I, I think it just may be 
um, having to let go of some of that propaganda and conditioning and um, stigma that we've all faced um, in this society, which has been so uh, prone to lying about weed and putting people in a cage for uh, possessing a beneficial medicinal plant. So I'm just going to say to this Redditor, it's good, man. Weed's good. Uh, I hope it's good for you. And please be open to the idea that this can just be a good thing and you don't have to feel guilty or bad about it. Gets to our next related question on this sort of uh, stigma couplet, as we'll call it. And this one really drives home what I'm getting at. Once or twice a week, I get high during my last few hours at work and crank out my best work. How to stop feeling guilty about this? Last year, I was on a project for measuring the success of a product being developed. I spent a few weeks crafting up ideas from everyone that was working on the product on what they wanted to see measured and built. I made progress on creating a design and goal document, but none of it was all that convincing and it was honestly boring. I then got high one night and cranked out an elegant and easy to read document that was relevant to engineers, managers, and leadership. I got feedback from managers that it was the best analytics document that they had ever seen at this company. And this isn't an isolated incident. Nearly all of my best work is done when I'm high. I, for some reason, feel bad about that, even though it's led to some career growth, which all in all makes my life easier, less work stress, better income, probably something to do with it generally being frowned upon by others to be under the influence while working. All right. Lots to unpack here. The simple existence of this question uh, really pulls up my heart because. You know, I, I always say that the two really important things in cannabis are not what your favorite strain is or, you know, who's got the hype concentrates and what, you know, dab rig just came out. All of that is fun and interesting. Um, you know, we have episodes of the show tracing the history of some of the legendary strains. I love it and find it fascinating. But the two things that are important and that we have to always come back to are one ending the arrests for cannabis that are racist and oppressive and two making sure that everyone who needs cannabis medicinally has access to it um and then the third really most important thing for me is that I think cannabis, and that gets to this question, is a pathway to creativity. It's not going to make you creative. You know, if you smoke some weed, watch a movie, sort of dissociate and disconnect, that could be really valuable weed time. Like it is hard to truly sometimes get outside of ourselves and truly relax and truly in a healthy way dissociate. But, you know, after watching, you know, two reruns of Punky Brewster on Nick at Night, you're not going to look down and realize you also, you know, uh, wrote a symphony. Uh, but if you are endeavored in the act of creativity and open to it and 
trying to either build those muscles or flex those muscles, cannabis can be an incredible aid to creativity. And I think for most people, myself included, living in this society, that is a crucial way to be in touch with our own humanity. You know, humans innately are creative and so much of the modern world is designed to make us consumers, not creators, and to deaden the parts of ourselves that say, well, what if we make it ourselves? What if I do this? What if I spend my time creating and to push us subtly and overtly towards being passive consumers? And so, you know, when we even so in this example, what, what, what was this, you know, made me sort of, uh, you know, shake my head is um, here's this person, you know, clearly uh, some, you know, somebody who works in a pretty traditionally square field as a data engineer, but it's creative field. And here they are having insights into their job and being able to articulate those insights and getting, uh, you know, sometimes the, the, the sort of stereotype is that you think you're very creative when you're on weed, but, you know, the next day when you read back what you wrote, it's gibberish. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, you know, an unbelievably large number of successful artists and writers and musicians and filmmakers, uh, would say, uh, sometimes it's gibberish, but very often it is the pure gold, uh, that you pan for when you are trying to be creative. And, and, you know, this person not only did they have this breakthrough, but they're getting direct praise from their bosses. They're, uh, you know, getting a raise <laughs> and they're still like, why do I feel bad about this? Cause the world fucking lied to you about weed. All right, let's, let's clear out our little stigma section by, uh, we'll, we'll fumigate it. And we're going to go 180 degrees in the other direction right now. Again, all of these questions coming from the Trees subreddit. Anyone else feel like they're omniscient when stoned? Okay, so omniscient means you know everything. Um, not to be a know-it-all about being omniscient. <laughs> I'm kind of new to weed. Oh, you think? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was that was that guy. I'm kind of new to weed, and my tolerance is very low. I get completely blasted off a third of a joint. But whenever I get stoned on a Friday night after university, I feel like I just see through stuff, whether it be people or recognizing things that people do in social situations. Even with self-reflection, I feel like I become more honest with myself, and I am able to evaluate stuff that's going well or bad in my life and fix it. Maybe my thoughts seem more incredible when I'm high. Incredible thoughts, incredible minds. But I feel like a flipping brain box when high. Weed, so much better than alcohol in every universe, too, by the way. All right. <laughs> this is a beautiful uh, thing to read because it, again, takes me back to these insights. And it's a very positive example of it. I think sometimes 
when people have a very negative experience with cannabis, it's for the same reason. It allows you to look at yourself. And um, sometimes you are able to see a problem that you didn't even realize you were having and see the way forward to change your course and uh, uh, alleviate that problem. Other times, you take a hard look at yourself and don't like what you see. And, you know, the way that cannabis allows us to process trauma, which is something that we see, you know, in studies of veterans with PTSD, for example, how cannabis can really help alleviate the symptoms of that post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, we've all experienced trauma in our lives. Um, But what can happen sometimes is our brains, uh, when we're high on cannabis, will go to those traumatic places because there is a protective force, a neuroprotectant. You know, cannabis is a known neuroprotectant. It is, uh, there is a government patent for it as such. (laughs) A little bit off, uh, not off topic, but, uh, you know. If you if you gotta hit that back 30 seconds button a few times, let me know if that made sense. <laughs> Taking another swing at it. Um, yeah, it gives you ability going back to uh, you know, one of the earliest questions, it gives you a, a, an opportunity to perceive things in a new way, and that is gonna give you these kinds of insights into yourself and others and life situations. You know, I think Bob Marley put it best when he said. When you smoke herb, it reveals you to yourself. Now, if you do have that experience where you smoke some herb and it reveals you to yourself and you don't like what is revealed, that's not the herb's fault. It's doing you a solid. You know, uh, some of us have a good friend in our lives who is going to be in our corner and tell us we're great no matter what. And that's a good friend. Uh, but weed is a great friend, and a great friend is a friend who will tell you, hey, you're fucking up and your shit stinks. Um, and if I can find it, uh, there is an incredible scene with the inimitable Larry David having that exact experience that I could think of right now uh, that I'll splice in. You got your father-in-law's birthday coming up? You going to get a card? Okay. You're not gonna get a card. You're not gonna do a fucking thing. I'll try and do better. I, I will. TV, TV, TV. That's what you like to do. Read a fucking book. Okay, yeah, you're right. You know everything. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Which leads directly to our next question. Very simple one. Why do I cry uncontrollably when I'm high? I cry for like every second and randomly vent to people. Why? I never open up to anyone about my problems, only whenever I'm high and it happens unexpectedly. Same answer, different question. Um, and just think about how powerful an experience that is. You know, this person, and 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 and, and it pains me to read that you know feels that they must keep all of their thoughts and feelings and their authentic self uh bottled up because in some way they've been made to feel that they are not worthy of something whether it's compassion or love or belonging 
And there's something in that experience of being high that is whispering in their ear, yes, you are worthy of love or compassion or belonging, um, but you've got to ask for it. You've got to reach out for it. You've got to do what seems uh, painful or frightening. Um, and um, that's powerful. Uh, uh, message and can be a really difficult one. And I would just say to this person, you know, take a comprehensive approach to addressing the things that come up when you're high and take note of what you're really upset about um, and take steps to work on that, whether that's, you know, with a therapist or, you know, whatever you see fit. But um, these insights that we have are real insights. Um, okay, another one. I need a tea break, by which it means a tolerance break. I've been needing to go on a tolerance break, and I was wondering if it would be better to stop cold turkey or if I should ease into it. Great question. Uh, really important area. As I was saying before, you know, people... Anybody listening to this podcast and this episode of this podcast for this long uh, loves weed. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean, of course, that we don't need to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's good to take a tolerance break from almost everything you love, uh, whether that is ice cream or, um, you know, uh, masturbation. <laughs> uh and, and weed is no exception and so i would say if you can ease into a tolerance break um you know that's the best way to get into something uh it's right there in the name it's going to be easy uh because whatever discomfort you might feel uh you know for me when i take a tolerance break which is when i go to uh visit my mom basically <laughs> and, and and some other times um you know it, it affects me in that I, I might have some trouble sleeping uh, i might not have the the best appetite or you know even sometimes like a little trouble uh with digestion etc you know nothing too extreme um but whatever whatever you're gonna experience um a little boredom <laughs> uh you know, if you can just sort of slowly lower your dose until you get down to tolerance break uh, zero, um, it, it's going to go easier for you. If that is not working for you, then cold turkey is it's not like it's it's the warmest cold turkey out there. <laughs> cold turkeying weed is, you know, uh, not the cold turkey you're thinking of, you know, um, and you know, if, uh, whatever you experience, that's only going to be a couple of days. And, um, you know, I find a nice five or six day break from weed just kind of resets the endocannabinoid system. And uh, watch out on that first puff back from a tea break because you are going to be a teenager behind the Dairy Queen high. Uh, which is, you know, one of the best reasons to take a tolerance break, in my opinion. All right, here's the last one from all of our uh, questions. Cold or trimmed or clipped? <laughs> uh, 
or cloned from the trees subreddit. I hate smoking alone. I don't really enjoy smoking by myself. I prefer to smoke with people, but I don't really have stoner friends and I don't know how to go about making them. So um, this is pretty close to my heart. I could be a little bit of a loner stoner, actually, or the avoidant type, or I'm working on it. <laughs> You'd never know. I've got decent social skills, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who cherishes my alone time, and I really like uh, smoking weed alone sometimes, but I get where this person is coming from. You know, um, that experience can be really less than ideal, especially, um, you know, if you are, you know, wanting more social interaction in general. Um, so I'm going to address that part first, wherever you live, there's groups, you know, of people who love cannabis. If you are in a prohibition place, those are going to be activists, the people who are trying to bring on the legalization of cannabis. And they would love your help and they would welcome you in. And of course, being in a prohibition state, you got to be cool about things, um, you know, because it's going to be by definition illegal in a prohibition state. But uh, you will find weed people. Let me put it that way. You will find weed community. And I would say, in my experience, you will find the best of the weed community when you are actively engaged with activists. If you live in a place where, you know, there's the free five o'clock weed giveaway, go to the free five o'clock weed giveaway or, uh, you know, try to uh, maybe try to get a job at a dispensary. If you if you like that idea better than the job you have or go to a local event, whether it's a sesh or um, an industry event or um, you know, you'll find it. You'll find the weed community anywhere in the world. If you hear reggae playing, <laughs> the weed community is not far away. That, that one, that works all over the world. But believe me, um, that's the way to expand your smoking circle. And in the meantime, um, I will invite you to consider this community your virtual sesh. Some of my favorite emails or uh, the most touching emails um, I've gotten uh, from people who listen to this podcast uh, include those from people who, because of the circumstances of their life, have this love for weed, maybe even a newfound love for weed. Um, and they're trying to learn everything they can about it, but it's still a secret that they have to keep um, so tightly held um, because they could be arrested, because they could have a family member, um, you know, kick them out of the house or disown them or, you know, these serious, serious threats. Um, and, you know, have gotten several of these emails from people saying, you know, I can listen to this show and, you know, um, for anyone new to the show, it is, it is always an interview show usually. So there's two people talking two people, uh, who love weed, me talking to people who have played a role in cannabis history or who are expert in some aspect of cannabis. Um, and that they can sort of let that be their sesh, uh, until they find that IRL. Uh, weed community and that is 
such an honor um, and something that I do not take lightly. Um, and everybody who uh, listens to the show and reaches out to me, I, you know, I, 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 I cherish that and I respond to every message and I've made a lot of really cool friends that way. And to anyone who supports this show on Patreon, especially it makes it a true community. I, I cannot do this by myself. Um, I need that support. I need that encouragement. I need that financial support. Um, and I need to know um, that there's beautiful people listening to this who care enough about it to throw in on it. So um, if you want to get in on that, I can go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. We also do a secret sesh on there uh, every other week where I talk to somebody from the Patreon community and we just get lit and chop it up. Um, so I invite you to do that as well. Uh, so want to buy some, <laughs> some old high times weed uh, fun merch, hit me up info at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. If you maybe want to support this program, you can go to greatmomentsinweedhistory.com and throw it on that shit. Thank you. I hope that this was a fun and uh, maybe enlightening episode. I'm going to give it a light edit, but um, I also appreciate all of you who come here for history uh bearing with me while i try to get through this move our next episode is going to be some deep deep weed history and you know there's about 125 uh <laughs> episodes in the feed so you probably haven't heard the ball thank you so much next stop potland oregon well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.